0: Welcome to the Water and Stone Podcast. You are listening to episode number 138. Our Sunday worship service for October 27th, 2019, is What Do You Want? It's the fourth in the series, Meaning Fulfilled. Life works when we engage with it. It's time to stop marking time and start making a mark. So, our scripture today, this is a long one. I always have you read the scripture. Follow your guidance. I'm going to read it. You can read it with me if you like. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. Here's the kicker. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is important. I know I say that every time because it's all important or I wouldn't choose it for you to read with me. But this is a big deal, not just for the theological implications. There's important stuff that we'll talk about in a moment. This is a big deal because this is a piece of scripture that has often been used to tell people the equivalent of, be quiet or I'll give you something to cry about. This is a piece of scripture that has sometimes been used to say, you're not supposed to want happiness. You're not supposed to want a functional life. You're not supposed to want love or truth or beauty or any of those things. You're supposed to want to hold real still because storing up treasures in heaven is supposed to mean something that happens later. Therefore, put up with things terrible now, don't expect me to fix anything now, and let's pass the plate. And that's really problematic if you know anything about what Jesus said, because Jesus is not really big on later, is he? Over and over again, right now, thy kingdom come, over and over again. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, is that we don't have to wait around for God to show up. Be the light, now. So Jesus' position on goal setting, let's say, might be a little bit different. So often people focus so much on what's going to happen later that they're not paying any attention to now and later never comes because now never got paid attention to. You know, there's that that thing that happens. I've never been huge on goal stuff because I don't want the future version of me to be constrained by my dumb ideas now. <laughs> Hopefully tomorrow I'll be smarter than I am today. Would you want to be constrained by a contract you signed when you were 15 years old? Nothing against being 15. It was a good time, but think about it. We won't go into too much detail on that, but think about it. So, not crazy about the idea of trying to get somewhere. Really excited about the idea of trying to be somewhere. That's different, isn't it? Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is in your midst. So what if we show up for God? But that means a different set of priorities. But the thing about goals and the thing about that piece of Scripture that is really important is not about tomorrow. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that I want you to think about with me. Your goals and visions, your dreams and aspirations don't tell you anything about who you're going to be in the future because you're not there yet. Your goals, your dreams, your aspirations, the thing you're shooting for doesn't tell you about the future. It tells you about who you are right now. What you're shooting for tells you who you are right now. So where's your heart? Where's your treasure? What's important to you right now? Are you thinking about stuff that goes away? That's the question. And that might seem challenging, but I want you to feel assured that you are an expert in infinity. I promise you are. I don't even have to know too much about your backgrounds, although I know most of the people in this room pretty darn well. I don't have to to know that you are an expert in infinity because you have been a child. Kids are really good at infinity. Think about the way that you made friends... When you were a little kid. The concept of best friend, for example, super accessible. How many best friends did you make in an average day on the playground? The bar is low and the heart is open and that's beautiful. You see, adults tend to have the guards up. Adults tend to feel like, well, people are a problem and I have high standards. Great. Enjoy your time alone. You get to watch whatever show you want. But for a kid... It's right now, we're friends. Right now, we're best friends. Right now, here's my whole heart. And the lesson that that kind of friendship tells is so valuable. Make friends like you used to make when you were a kid. Because kids know this amazing breeder-reactor quality of friendship, and that is that friendship increases when you share it. It defies all the laws of physics. It's like a magic penny. Friendship increases when you share it. That's interesting. And in fact, when you think about it, everything important increases when you share it. Love increases when you share it. That's what the song says. Art, truth, beauty, inspiration increases when you share it. If you're looking for inspiration, share some. You'll get some back. In fact... When you think about it, everything important in your life follows that rule. It defies the laws of physics because we are beyond physical beings. So from that experience, we can create a rule. And I love it when people write stuff down. if you're writing stuff down, this is a great thing to write down. Because I tell people, look for meaningful things. This whole series is about looking for meaning, right? And people go, okay, well, how do I know if something's meaningful? Is there a commercial? How do I know? If it increases when it's shared, it's meaningful. If it increases when you share it, it is a meaningful something. It can lead you to something meaningful, something important. If it increases when you share it, and that's a big deal because there's a lot of people who spend a lot of time chasing stuff that doesn't increase, chasing things that are subject to thieves and moths and rust and whatever. Somebody told you to identify with the struggle instead of with the journey at some crucial point in your life, and a lot of people buy into that, and it's unfortunate. Because if I define myself by the chase of things that decay, that things that wear out, things that are subject to entropy, it's a great word, I'm doomed from the start because those things go away by their very nature. I can't define myself by how much money I have. It goes away. I can't define myself by how much food I have. It's important to have food, but it goes away. I can't define myself by the opinion of others. Have you ever watched the news? It comes and goes. So we can create a companion rule to that first one. If it is entropic, in other words, if it wears out, if it can go away, That kind of thing. If it is entropic, it can't tell me who I am. That's important because a lot of people define themselves by things that go away. And I think that that's at the heart of what the scripture says. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. And so Jesus is saying, okay, folks, what are you shooting for? Because it can tell you everything about what's going to happen to you next. It can tell you everything about whether or not you are able to be the light In a given situation, it can tell you everything about your healing. What are you shooting for? Are you looking for more stuff that goes away or are you looking for something that does not? What you're shooting for determines everything about your life. And so I ask you the question, what do you want? This is a big deal. What do you want? Now look, I know that that there are things that we require. It's nice to have food and shelter. (laughs) I'm not telling you to go sell everything and join the circus. I get it. It's important to have food. I'm on a diet and I keep seeing the donuts at the back of the room out of the corner of my eye. I get it. Profoundly. But, you know, a few weeks ago we talked about the idea that when you have a truly meaningful experience when you have a truly meaningful experience, the things that are needful, like food and shelter, right out the window. Remember we talked about that. When you are in the zone and you're working on a creative project, you it's not unusual to miss dinner and you don't care. When you fall in love with somebody, just like the song says, you'll stand out in the rain. You know? You don't care. So I'm saying, That chasing things like food and shelter, although you need them, letting them define you is a real problem. I'm telling you that I don't think you can get to happiness by chasing things that go away. It's the wrong path. You can't get there from here. And you know how I know? I know because lots of people come to me and say, you know, I'm going to do that thing that makes me happy once I have enough money. I cannot tell you How many times people come to me for prayer treatment, for guidance, for advice, and they say, there's this thing I want to do. I want to join a country band. I want to write music. I want to, you name it, do something creative. I want to be a full person. I want to find my true love, but I can't do that until I have the right amount of money. People say that to me, and with a straight face, I have to give them a hug and say, sweetie, it doesn't work like that. Because when you get to that imaginary horizon of enough money, somebody in the back of your head goes, you know, you, there's, we could have more money. We'd be even more secure. We'd be even more safe with five more dollars, ten more dollars, a thousand more dollars. There is never the right time because time is a human construction. There's never enough. So you can't get to happiness. Yes, it's good to have food. Yes, it's good to have shelter. Yes, we should work to make sure that everybody in the world has that. Let's take care of each other. But on the other hand, you should not be defined by food and shelter. They're not definitive things. They're secondary things. But but thinking that way means being like a little kid. And that's tricky. You know, we're told be as a little child and all that kind of stuff. And people say, what does that mean? Am I supposed to play with my food? How do I do that? Argue with my sister? (laughs) How does that work? How do I be like a little child without being arrested? There's two qualities that I'd like you to think about cultivating. See if they work for you. That kids are really good at, that adults tend to not be good at. The first quality that kids have that adults tend not to be good at is trust kids are trusting and you know faith and trust man hand in hand adults tend to not be good at trust kids are very trusting and people say well how do i work on that cultivate trust think about opportunities to trust take a moment and think about how much you trust the chair under you the building under you other drivers on the road think about how much you trust the Rolling Stones, to put out another album even though they don't need to anymore. They've got money. Think about how much you trust whatever it is. Enjoy the trust. Think about it because we walk by faith and not by sight. I didn't write that one. So take a minute and think about all of the times that you are in trust and work that muscle. High reps, low weight is fine. Work the muscle of trust. Get good at it. And the other quality that that kids have is the idea that good is infinite and immediate. In other words, God or good or love or whatever it is that that kid is buying into, their mommy and daddy's love, the fact that there are more crayons in the 64 box, whatever it is, kids are really good at the idea that good is infinite and right here, infinite and immediate. Take time to think about how that feels for you, and sometimes it might take some work, but it's an important work to do. And sometimes it's tricky because, as I said, we are encouraged to be adult. Serious. Not fooled by anything. Smug. You know? Adults wear smugness like it's some kind of armor. Think about how often grown-ups that you know spend time putting on the armor and being defensive and setting themselves apart. I've had people come up to me after a Christmas service and say, you know, we don't really know how many wise men there were like great cool were you listening to anything you might as well say you know we're pretty sure Jesus didn't part his hair like that there are schools of thought that he had bangs who cares now you're picturing that and you can't help it and you don't want that picture in your head tough because that's exactly the point it's missing the right thing and looking at the wrong thing, the superficial thing, the smug thing, the barrier thing. Ask yourself if what you want helps you put up armor and pretend to be safe. Or ask yourself if what's you, what you want helps connect you and expose you to something bigger than you. What you want determines who you are. And I want you to know with me that meaning has to do with profound vulnerability. Meaning has to do with profound vulnerability of being exposed and saying, okay, universe, here I am. Here's my whole heart. When you love somebody, that's how love works or it ain't working. For example, meaning has to do with profound vulnerability. When you start out as a kid, you start out just like Adam and Eve, no barriers of any kind, no armor. If what you want is more armor. You're going to be separated by layer, by layer, by layer from happiness. So I ask you, what do you want? Now there are lots of people that go to classes to try to get back that thing that they had naturally as eight-year-olds. Come on in, favor McGee, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's all right. We'll get we'll get another church. Um, <laughs> no there's only one of those but i love you you know that i love you so much uh, what were we talking about something about jesus no people take classes and stuff like that and i think that's wonderful i'm gratified by that i'm a big believer in, take the class read the book go to the workshop watch the ted thing do whatever that's great but understand with me that writing stuff down, although it can get you up to the point of departure, you still have to jump. Trying to intellectualize this is like trying to intellectualize falling in love. It doesn't work so well. There's a part of this where you have to get out of yourself. You know, a couple of weeks ago we talked about the idea that the story you tell yourself determines your life. Remember that? So ask yourself, am I working to change my story, or do I read books and do things that support the story I already have? Am I asking to be changed and challenged? This is a big deal. Church is supposed to challenge you, not validate you. This is a big deal. In other words, if you believe a certain set of things, if you're trying to find ways to put up the armor, you can go hang out with the Dalai Lama and still get more armor. I talked to somebody who came back from a meditation retreat. And they were just really jazzed about it. They thought that was the greatest thing in the world. I learned so much. We got to wear cool outfits. It was like a renaissance fair with less hair. It was really cool. Yeah. But we we meditated and we meditated and it was great. And we, we talked about this idea that when you're meditating, it's really hard because all these thoughts go by. The monkey mind thing, as they say, all these thoughts go by. And I learned this amazing technique where when a thought comes up, you're sitting there in the quiet and you go, oh, did I leave the oven on? You're sitting there in the quiet and you go, did he have bangs? Is that weird? When you're sitting there in the quiet and the thoughts go, you're supposed to think of them as a car going by and you just let the car go by. And the person that taught me, talked to me about that said, it really helped me. I love that idea of just letting it go by and that's beautiful. And I thought, you know, that is pretty cool. It's a good tip when you're trying to get into the silence, and you're praying, you're doing your thing. But one tool isn't a way to live a life. Because watching things go by is a great way to be a bystander. There's got to be more to all of this. I mean, look, the world is full of modalities and self-help techniques and healing ideas in churches that are designed to make you tougher to where you don't care if you're getting hurt. Designed to make you find ways to turn a blind eye to what's going on in the world. Designed to make you able to cope. But that tends to cause problems rather than solving it because the cause of every problem is duality, is separation. I've had enlightened people tell me, you know, I'm just so accepting, which is a problem right there when they start with that. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm just so accepting. People are, are so different than me and they think different and they feel different. And that's beautiful. I love that. But then they go, and so when people come up in my life, I just let them go by I like those cars. I just let them go by. And I go, yeah, but have you learned anything? No, I just let him go by. And I have this problem with this one person where we were dating and it didn't work out and I just let him go by and then I met somebody new and we have exactly the same problems and I just let him go by. Like, yeah, exactly. Bystanders tend to experience the same thing Over and over and over again. And you know that just as well as I do because everybody in this room has been a bystander about something they didn't want to face at one point or another. It's okay. We've all been there. But what if we ask to be changed? You know, the idea of non-judgment is beautiful, but there's a difference between love and acceptance and evaluation. Let me say that differently. Kids... Accept everybody. Everybody's my best friend. Kids aren't racist. Kids don't know about that kind of stuff. They have no judgment about it. Kids are very accepting, but kids are also constantly evaluating. Think about that. Kids are constantly evaluating. They're sponges. Kids are constantly going, is this good for me? Is this healthy? Am I allowed to do this? Can I fit this in my mouth? Kids are constantly evaluating everything. And somewhere along the line, somebody told us that to be open and accepting and spiritually wise or whatever, we're supposed to turn that off and just keep everything at arm's length all the time. But if I'm keeping everything at arm's length, I don't ever get to connect. I don't ever get to learn. What I'm trying to say is that life is measured by how much you are able to jump in, by how much you're able to connect So does what you want help you to connect? What do you want? What I'm saying is when the cars go by in your life, instead of letting them go by, take a minute and flag one down, so to speak. Ask, what are you doing here? Why did you drive by me five times? What can you teach me and what can I teach you? Engage, interrogate it for meaning, demand a gift and demand to give a gift. What if I encounter something and I engage with it instead of letting it go by? Because if God is God, there's no accidents in the universe. I'm trying to say, show up. Because there's something about that car, that person, that situation that is you. Otherwise, you wouldn't notice it in the first place. Something amazing happened in the technology world when people stopped trying to analyze traffic, you know, like the GPS thing or those apps like Waze or Google Maps or Apple or whatever that tell you where the traffic is and try to avoid this and that and the other. Something amazing happened when the scientists who built those stopped thinking about traffic as individual cars and they started thinking about traffic as one big organism. That's why it works better now than it used to work two years ago is everybody started going, what if it's just one critter? What if we think about it like it's one thing? Well, there's a lesson for life there. You can see the separation, or you can see the connection. I remember when I was in third grade, I was walking with my two buddies, uh, Joey and Joshua. Those are Bible names. I didn't know that then. But we were really into the don't step on the crack game. You know, break your mom's back and all that, and the Freudian implications, notwithstanding, just the idea of don't step on the crack. And we were doing the leapfrog thing, and you've seen kids in the mall or wherever doing that, where they don't step on the crack and they kind of lily pad their way through, and how fun that is and how great that is. And we were really into that. And my friend Joey, who was a little bit older, and I really wanted to impress Joey. Joey was older and a little bit cooler, and he had a Bee Gees lunchbox. Oh, man. Now, actually, now I still want it, actually. But his parents let him watch Dukes of Hazzard, which was forbidden in my household. I just, oh, he was so cool. Just good old boys. And Joey said, you know, if you look at it under a microscope, there are millions of tiny cracks in the concrete. There are millions of tiny microscopic disconnections all the way down. And he said it like a third grader would have said it, but that, that, that's the, the gist of it there's cracks everywhere. You can't help but step on a crack. And he just said it because he was, he'd learned something. He was probably stepping on a crack and his dad or mom told him that, you know how it is. But when I heard that, I froze. Oh, you just, you you ruin everything. What do I do? I I couldn't handle it. And, And I was a pretty smart kid, but my heart was a few steps behind my head, if you know what I mean. I wasn't emotionally ready to deal with the things that my brain knew. And so now I know this new thing that there's these cracks everywhere and I can't help but break the, own, the rules of my own game. Kind of like everybody. I can't help break the rules of my own game and I started really spiraling and I thought, well, if there's cracks everywhere, what happens if I step and everything just breaks and I fall right down into the center of the world? You can do that if you want. You can play that game with yourself. Maybe it's not with pavement, maybe it's with finances or love. You can do that game. But my buddy, my buddy Josh was right there too, and Josh said, "You know, I bet if you looked at it under a microscope, you'd see all those little cracks, but you'd also see the places where things are all stuck together. And I think I'm going to step on those places." And he kept walking. and it took me a minute, but I did too. You can choose step on the cracks, to see the separation. Or you can choose to step where stuff is stuck together and the universe tends to take care of its own and support its own. You can decide where you step and that changes everything about your life. It makes me think of that Leonard Cohen song where he says, forget your perfect offering, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Look for the light. It's easy to be smug and, and stay in the separation. It's easy to watch the TED Talk or go to church and watch somebody have a spiritual experience in front of you or to talk about a smart thing they did in front of you and not be changed by it. But man, oh man, I sure hope that at the end of church or at the end of the TED Talk or at the end of whatever, you come away going, you know what, I'm going to try these things about my life. I'm going to ask these questions. And what the heck was that weirdo talking about in the first place? I want to know. Demand to be changed by the thing. Otherwise, it ain't church. You just watch somebody dance for a little while. Poorly. Ask to be changed. Ask to jump in. I gave you a Leonard Cohen quote a moment ago. I'll give you one more because it's two for one day. He says, If you don't become the ocean, you'll get seasick every day. I love that. It's deep, right? Mystical. If you don't become the ocean, you'll get seasick every day. It's so easy to see things going by in front of you and let them shake you and let them make you queasy, and there's no drama mean for it. And maybe you know that feeling of being overwhelmed and seasick by life. Thank God for those moments when we are broken open by something, inspirational or negative. Either way, thank God for those moments when we feel seasick by life because that's God saying, jump in, let there be no barriers, become the ocean. Last time we talked about the idea that you are an event, not a thing. You are an event. And so to get scientific about it, if you are an event, where is the event horizon? What you are, the happening that is you, the light that is you, extends to include the whole universe. You are the light of the world. You are an inflection of infinity. You are the fullness of God's love happening right now. What are you going to do about it and what do you want when you know that? Is the sum total of spirituality manifesting a new Buick or your soulmate? Yeah. You're connected to something bigger. And when what you want is to take off your armor, when what you want is to be closer to something, you're on the right track. This doesn't have to be complicated. It can be just as easy as it was when you were a little kid and you made best friends by the slide. Remember how free that felt? Well, remember, freedom is a choice. Thank you. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for listening along to the services and being a part of this extended church family. I love the idea that it's not something that's bound by a particular physical location, although I want you to know that you're always welcome to come join us. Our street address is 1000 3rd Street South in St. Petersburg, Florida. It's an amazing thing to be a part of this physical community. But one way or another, I want you to know that you're part of a larger family. And this meaning series that we're working on has to do with finding out what really matters in your life and making a life that matters for everybody. So with that in mind, there's all kinds of things that I want you to know about. There's all kinds of things to try and do that's going to make a difference in your life. And to find out more about the different homework and kind of things that we have going on, please find us on the web at waterandstonechurch.com. That's waterandstonechurch.com, all spelled out, and you can find uh, our address, service times, links to all kinds of things that we're doing, and most importantly, links to find us on all kinds of social media. We'll be posting a lot of movies and things on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter. You can subscribe to our newsletter, all of that. The two big important links are, once again, waterandstonechurch.com and at Waterstone Min, M-I-N At Waterstone Min, that's where we are on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook So find us in those places We'll be looking for you